0: This morning and it's not my intention it, it's not a plan that i have it's not an approach to doing this show it's just that's the subject matter you know look at what you press play on good morning to you good monday morning i'm damn kovacevic of dk pittsburgh sports and this is daily shot of pirates it comes your way whether you like it or not bright and early monday through friday and if you happen to be into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins. Same place that you found this. Robert Stevenson, right-handed reliever. see if that rings a bell for you real quick there. Yeah? A little bit? He was with the Pirates coming out of spring training last year, and he was with the Pirates a couple months into the regular season before he was traded to the Rays for Alika Williams. The very light-hitting, but smooth fielding shortstop. And my friends, this franchise really, really, really needs to stop making trades with Tampa Bay. They usually don't work out for anyone because the people in St. Petersburg are smarter at baseball stuff than everyone else, but they really, really, really don't work out for the Pirates. I'm going to read you some stuff just so you don't think this is me coming up with material uh, to support an existing stance. First off, Stevenson signed a three-year, $33 million deal with the Angels over the weekend. Now, anyone knows the Angels aren't exactly spectacular at evaluating pitching talent, or else they wouldn't have wasted two of the most talented players of all time for all these years. But $33 million is a heck of an investment and a heck of a show of faith on their part. And I'm going to share with you now, this is directly quoting, this is me reading from MLB Trade Rumors, which is contrary to its title and actually a very reliable and very professionally run website capable not only of aggregating content as they do, but also providing their own analysis. This is from them now. Stevenson opened last season with 14 innings of nine run ball in Pittsburgh, an early June trade sent him to the race for infielder Alika Williams. It didn't result in a ton of fanfare. It wound up being one of the more adept rental acquisitions of the summer, though, one that completely changed Stevenson's f- fortunes in free agency. Stevenson, this is still them now, okay? Stevenson was arguably the most dominant pitcher in the majors for the season's final four months. During his time in Tampa Bay, he worked to a 2.35 ERA across 38 and the third innings. He punched out a laughable 42.9% of all hitters while walking fewer than 6%. Among all relievers who had 30-plus innings, only Felix Bautista, Aroldis Chapman, and Pete Fairbanks punched hitters out at a higher rate. Okay, and here comes the punchline. Again, this is all still from the article in, in MLB Trade Rumors. It's not hard to pinpoint a reason for that excellence. Before Stevenson went to Tampa Bay, this of course being in Pittsburgh, he paired a 97-mile-an-hour four-seamer with a mid-80s slider. With the Rays, he leaned mostly on an upper-80s breaking ball that StatCast classified as a cutter. Opponents couldn't do anything with that pitch. They swung through it nearly three-fifths of the time and batted 101 against it in 79 at-bats. I'm still reading. Okay, this is, none of this is from me. You ready? It gets better. A few weeks into his time with Tampa Bay, Stevenson had a conversation with Kyle Snyder. That's the Rays' renowned pitching coach. Snyder mentioned a couple of tips related to the positioning of his hand on the ball and the mentality behind it. Quote, It kind of worked out, Stevenson said. Something just clicked for me, and I was able to do it. What changed, Stevenson was asked. The first thing, this is a quote, is trusting the approach that these guys instill in us, meaning the Rays. I think that's been a huge part of the success I've had since I've been here. You really want to hear more? No, I didn't think so. That's that's a player the Pirates essentially just gave away. They gave him away. There's no one who could look at Alika Williams and say, yeah, this is someone who has a chance to be a consistent major league player for us when they knew the bat was so, so, so light and it ended up being even lighter by the time he was done for the 2023 season. They gave away the pitcher who's described in this article as being arguably the majors very best while also, you know, putting into the framework there that he was a relief pitcher rather than a starter. Gave him away. Had him right here. And what was the only difference? Not according to me, not according to any narratives or anything else. The difference was that the Rays had a pitching coach who could do something with him. And the Pirates did not. And there goes that player. But you know what else? There goes that asset. There goes somebody who you could. Trade somewhere, even if you didn't see a future for him in Pittsburgh, for whatever reason, let's just say you had no use for the best pitcher in the majors over the final four months of the season. If you just don't see him fitting with your plan or you don't trust what you see, you could trade him and you could get something back. But when you devalue or depreciate the assets that you have in-house, that handicaps the general manager. I'm not letting Ben Charrington off the hook here because he's also the one who's employing both the pitching and the hitting coaches that he does. And he's watching his own assets depreciate in front of his very eyes and is taking no steps to correct that. That's so much more important than payroll. It just is. And I'm never, ever going to be able to convince anybody of that, I don't think. But it's true. It's accurate. Until this team can instruct at a level where they stop allowing players to go backward in Pittsburgh, who go forward elsewhere, nothing's going to change, even if Bob Nutting were to sell his soul and commit 300 million a year to payroll nothing would change when we come back j1q this portion of daily shot of pirates is brought to you by our friends at north shore tavern that's directly across federal street from pnc park it's home of steak on a stone and eating experience underscoring the word experience interest of uh, being as accurate as possible. The last couple of things that I read to you in the previous segment weren't from the MLB.com article that I cited earlier. They were from the Tampa Bay Times. So you have now even more sources and more different voices coming in and saying essentially the same thing. Today's J1Q comes from Phil. He says, DK, my gut reaction is that one of these three pitchers, these three young pitchers that you've been citing, and those are Rwanzi Contreras, Luis Ortiz, and Quinn Priester, needs to be a Mitch Keller-ish type of starter by the end of the year, and another needs to be a serviceable major leaguer, either a number five or a solid bullpen arm. If the Pirates aren't going to buy pitching, that's the bar they need to get to. In my opinion, Keller took 209 innings in his career before looking like a major league pitcher, and he was slow. Contreras will cross that imaginary line this year. Ortiz should, if he figures it out. He's 106 short now. And there's almost no way Priester gets up there, but it should be pretty clear if there's still hope there by September. Taking this long to develop pitchers is pretty inexcusable. Phil didn't have a questionnaire. I just love the point so much that I wanted to read it in its entirety, and that's it verbatim. Phil's general stance here is that the Pirates take too long. To move guys up. And when he says to develop, he's not saying that because of super two or dragging their feet or whatever. It just means they're taking too long, literally, to develop this talent. So the pace that he's attaching to these other pitchers is the pace of Keller. And even that, as I'm sure Phil would agree with me, is hopeful. Being that Mitch didn't just grow up. Mitch ended up in an all-star game this summer. This is also a problem. They can't coach. They can't develop. So even the talent that they do bring in, and I really feel pretty good at the entry point of a lot of these guys that they've acquired under Charrington. I just don't see results. And that's where all of this becomes just so academic in its discussion. Meaning, if I say to you, I think the Pirates have a terrible pitching coach and a terrible hitting coach, and you say, well, I disagree, and I say back to you, okay, tell me who's gotten better. Give me names. You can do the same thing with everybody all the way up to Bob Nutting. Give me the names. Write them down for me. Take all day if you have to. I don't want to put you on the spot. Here's a pencil. Write them down. Write down the names of everybody on your current 40-man roster and even go off of that. Stray from that. Recent draft picks who don't have to be protected on the 40. Give me names. One other thing before I leave you today. Phil, whose comment that I just read here, Phil is a guy who he really backs the Pirates management on a lot of stuff. This isn't someone who's coming in, From some talk show, you know, ready to drop nutting bombs on everybody. This is someone who knows his baseball and someone with whom I'll tell you right here I disagree with on a regular basis. So consider the source of that assessment. Guy knows his ball. And I appreciate the input from him. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. And we're going to do another one of these tomorrow. By which time, Phil will receive a three-year, $33 million contract from Baseball America to go analyze stuff for them. And I will never have noticed Phil's epic talent right under my nose.